The Hornets dropped their sixth straight. We'll discuss why. Plus, LaMelo Ball is still going to be out, even against their game against the Miami Heat. What gives on the LaMelo front? We don't know. We'll discuss that, all of that, on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug is on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. You can also go check his work out at everyhornetsboxscore.com. Subscribe at everyhornetsboxscore.com to support his work there. And we won't find any information about LaMelo's injury because we don't <laughs> we don't have any information and yet the hornets offensively they've been struggling it's hurting your eyes doug are you massaging your eyes because the offense hurts it yes. so bad yes okay. no I, I am i'm trying to make sure uh that the hornets don't continue to physically harm my eyes uh i'm, I'm getting wrinkles it's been hard to you watch sound this tired you, it's late it is late it's it's later for me here eastern time you do sound tired you made some coffee though and, and yet I did. You I've, look, I've, I've had yeah. several in the tiny cup too i've had several espressos oh, yeah. wow. because i had you know when you're when you're making coffee it's 9 30 central 10 30 eastern when you're making coffee this late you got to go straight to the dome with the hard stuff and that's the <laughs> strong italian coffee but that's what you know honestly that's what this offense needs right now they need a couple of strong italian coffees uh, because they, they need are, to go straight to the rim with the hard stuff. I believe that well, is one of they're they're pillars. going straight to the rim. They're just not completing the they're not completing the offense. I mean, this is it's it's yeah. really hard to watch how many times they missed at the rim in this game and throughout this whole streak. Uh, they've really struggled at the rim. Second straight season that they've just been atrocious at the rim, and uh, it's getting harder and harder to watch. And the losses are piling up, and the season is quickly slipping away. I mean, it's, it's yeah. it is it's not hyperbole, Walker to say that the Hornets right now sport the worst offense in the NBA. Yeah, I don't I know don't know where they rank after this game, but if you look at their point differential, well one, here's something that's not hyperbole. The Charlotte Hornets are the worst team in the Eastern Conference. That's literal. They are 3 and 9. They are now behind the Orlando Magic, behind Detroit, Miami and Brooklyn. All of those teams are outside looking in and in the standings, the Charlotte Hornets are the worst team in the Eastern Conference. The only teams that are worse than them in the NBA, it's the LA Lakers at 2-8, and eight, and it's the Houston Rockets at 2-10. and 10. What an interesting NBA we have when Utah is 10-3, and three, and some of these Eastern Conference teams have been performing well, too. All right, let's get to it. The, we're going to get to the LaMelo Ball non-news, but kind of news. Steve Clifford did say that he was not going to play tomorrow night against the Miami Heat. Neither Great. was Gordon Hayward or Cody Martin. So we know that they're not going to play. That is some information that we got from Steve right after this game, during post-game availability, after the Trailblazers lost. So let's dive into this game first, and then we'll kind of focus on some of the, the injury stuff here, Doug. Um, P.J. Washington couldn't buy a basket tonight. You know, 3 of 12, had another bad shooting night. He's starting to do the, the yo-yo thing, you know, when it comes to making his shots. And he had been a lot more consistent. And then it's kind of come and gone here recently. Kelly Oubre... One of 11 from three, <laughs> you know, this is 
This is the Kelly Oubre experience for you kids at home that have not maybe seen Kelly Oubre, don't know if you're new to the Hornets. Welcome to the Kelly Oubre experience. Jalen McDaniels, three of seven, right? Like Dennis Smith Jr. had a, a pretty decent shooting night, you know, six of 12, you know, one of two from three-point range. But, I, you know, I asked Steve about this, and I, I don't want to keep making the same point over and over again. The half court offense, it's it's absolutely terrible. I mean, we all know that. Everybody's <laughs> no, it's been like, no, it's it. not is the worst. Like the, their performance yeah. tonight was one of the worst half court performances in the NBA this season. Now they scored 95, right? But that was because of Dennis Smith Jr. getting four steals and getting out in a transition. And they had 10 total steals in this game. So they were getting into transition to get some easy buckets. Offensive rebounding too, 20 offensive rebounds, 18. Uh, points off those offensive rebounds probably needed a few more there but that's why they scored 95 if they didn't do that if they didn't hustle on d and hustle on the offensive boards they would have scored 70 in this game well steve clifford was not happy with their transition defense he thought that really hurt them tonight and you know just giving up points and he continued to say it's it's not anything to do with talent it's all about lack of effort and they're just not getting back on defense and transition again and that was a real problem for them last year this is an occurring a reoccurring problem um for the charlotte hornets so you know look this the bad shooting night and uh you know i'll let you take from there what what did you notice too you know besides the the awful shooting and the the transition offense that allowed them to score 95 well, look, I I, re- I respect Steve Clifford's view on basketball. He's been doing this a lot longer than I have. Okay, so I'll say that up front. But I, but I think anyone with eyeballs can see that this is an offensive problem. This is a shooting problem. This is you know transition defense. Even if you look at the numbers that clean oh, you know. the glass sports for transition defense, it hasn't been awful. This is not a team that is refusing to get back. Now, bad shot making is forcing them into transition and probably into some tougher transition opportunities. Like that's good shooting covers up sins the hornets last season had they played transition defense to go along with their great offense would have been probably a more elite team than they ended up being but they got 43 wins because they shot the ball so well this team is trying to get back but they're putting themselves into such awful positions by taking quick threes by taking uh by missing corner threes that that led washington into transition uh you know really where they got beat in transition in this game was damian lillard in that third quarter when they went to the lineup break and and some of the offensive decisions that James Booknight made, both uh, passing and shooting, that led Damian Lillard out into transition. But again, those opportunities were so favorable because of the bad offense that, that I don't know even if a great transition D team could. So with all due respect to Steve, I mean, this is about bad offense, and it's across the board, as you said. Kelly Oubre, 1 of 11 from 3, not getting it done. P.J. Washington, respect the hustle. Kelly Oubre, too, uh, had 8 rebounds in this game, 3 assists, doing some other things, but they need him to hit shots. P.J. Washington, 1 of 6. Terry Rozier was 1 of 7 in the fourth quarter. Steve mentioned it. You're not going to win many games shooting you yeah. know, 16 points in the fourth quarter. That's Terry Rozier, one of seven. He's supposed to be a certified gamer. He is failing right now. That's his bottom line. He's failing right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's disappointing. 
Yeah, the offense is bad, and he knows that. And and that's what I, I was going to say with, you know, having continued to talk about this one specific point, I continue to look at the lack of passing, and that's exactly what he and Mason Plumley said after the game, that they need to move the ball a lot more. That they're not shooting it well, and that they need to move the ball a lot more because you just need to create some opportunities for yourself, and you're not going to be able to do that when your assists are down the way they are. Like, they are, you know, the yeah, highest... Yeah, the, the highest they've recorded since Gordon Hayward went out in the second half against Chicago was 27, I believe. I forget what game that was, but I know it was 27. And before that, they were getting like, they had over 30 against the Knicks. Overtime, still over 30. They had over 30 against Golden State. I went through some of those numbers earlier this week. And I asked Steve Clifford about Gordon Hayward and just all their backcourt players being injured. He said, yeah, you know, that's that's... That makes a huge difference, especially with Gordon Hayward. You know, when he was, he mentioned the team being towards the top of the league in total offense when it was just Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward that were out there. No LaMelo, no Cody. When those guys were out there, it allowed them to do some things. And then Terry gets hurt and then Gordon gets hurt before Terry can get back. And, you know, you're then you're just missing everybody again. I think we're seeing the importance of Gordon. We all know the importance of LaMelo. Like LaMelo would help this team out a ton, assist-wise, offense, getting everybody involved, making everybody better. Like we know that. Where is the team that was playing somewhat well without LaMelo at the beginning? That's where the Gordon and Terry absence come in after they played a couple games and then eventually missed what they did. Yeah, I, th- I thought the, really 16 points in the fourth quarter, that was damaging. That was damning. Um, obviously, you're, you're not going to win a lot of games if you can't you know, find your shooting at some point in the game. But I thought they lost this game in two spots. Uh, in, in the second quarter, they were missing a ton of layups. Nick, uh, 528, Nick missed a layup. Kelly missed a layup. Uh, DSJ missed a layup. Uh, Kelly missed a technical free throw. I mean, just again, bunnies, gimmies. All the techs in this game were ridiculous. Well, you know, yeah, the officiating in this game was not good, but not bad enough that it led to this loss. Um, and so then at the, at the 228 mark in the second quarter, Booknight was blocked by Eubanks, uh, who helped off of Plumlee, should have got should have gotten that ball to Plumlee. It was an easy pass to make to Plumlee when Eubanks stepped up on the help. Kelly gets a put back. It's the first field goal since the seven-minute mark. Terrible Booknight foul on a three-point shot. Booknight, bad pass, next possession. Lillard got the transition three. Then another quick three uh, from a Booknight leads to another transition bucket, and the Hornets go down. Uh, uh, five points in the half when they should have been up going into the half, and then in the third quarter they they got a little bit of momentum, nineteen to two, not a little bit of momentum, a lot of bit. Yeah, they had a nineteen right to two run at the beginning of the third quarter because DSJ was locking everything down. They break the lineup, they go to DSJ, Book Knight, Kelly, McDaniel's, and Mason, and it was just an a- absolute disaster. I couldn't count how many times James Book Knight got one on one coverage with Damian Lillard. Lillard was hunting the switch because he knew he had he had Book Knight's lunch. It was it was over. No chance of uh, of guarding Damian Lillard. And you know, look, Lillard's one of the best offensive players in the league, and and one of the best offensive players ever. So yeah, I'm not gonna like put too much of that on Book Knight. I'm honestly I'm putting that a little bit on Cliff. Like leaving Book Knight out there was just. I, I, I guess some guys had to get a blow, but maybe this was the night that DSJ and Terry needed to play. You know, 38, 39 minutes because those few minutes that Book Knight was on Lillard, I thought lost them the game. 
I didn't get to hear DSJ's mic'd up night, but I have to imagine they had to delete half the audio. That guy was talking a lot. I mean, he was ready to go. <laughs> so was Kelly. I mean, Kelly got double tech on because he was jawing with Lillard. Well, yeah, and I, and it was after the Mason Plumley travel, right? Where I believe I think Kelly might have asked Dame, "Why are you mad? <laughs> like, what's what's going on?" I don't don't. They were yeah, winning. Yeah, I, I not know, sure, right? Like, but yeah, but it was like a weird. It was a travel from Mason. Mason wasn't happy. Damian was calling for it and then eventually they both got texts and then yeah you know it was tech city in the spectrum center tonight after a while and, and certainly at the end of this game so uh, maybe a few more finishing points on the game and then we'll continue to talk about the entry stuff coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet Steve Clifford did provide an update on LaMelo, Gordon, and Cody for tomorrow night's game against Miami, but is it enough of an update? Are we getting enough information on LaMelo and that injury? We'll discuss that in just a little while. Let's talk about prize picks first, though, because for prize picks, a fantasy app and website, you can pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times on your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, college football, men's and women's college basketball, WNBA, NASCAR, tennis, disc golf, your favorite Doug, Euro basketball, cricket, and even more than that. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy they have safe and fast withdrawals and you can currently operate that website in over 30 states and even canada download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 you get the idea don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match all the way up to $100. More injury talk coming up next. Locked on Hornets is locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need was to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off and I was trying to silence it. And then I accidentally hit ping the phone and then the phone pinged. And, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes... It seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move to Sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Was that bump foreshadowing, Doug, that you were making things worse, that you were actively trying to make the show worse, and or that I would have to play, that you were actually playing defense against me? Is that going to happen? No, you know where I'm going with this because I know the spicy Doug that is about to come out with this injury and you like to foreshadow these things. You're very good. It's why you're a great producer. You usually go with the theme. The bumps match something if you can connect them somehow. I feel like that bump was played on purpose. Well, I'm just going to say this. Before we start to talk about injuries for the 900th time uh, in this very uh, short period of the regular season that we have experienced so far, I am going to take my last shot of coffee. Here we go. Yeah, 
world <laughs> oh boy um, that is a strong italian coffee oh, i don't even know if that's getting swiggy with it that that's something stronger than that um okay my mouth out all right so steve reed of the ap asked mm -hmm. steve clifford mm -hmm. in post-game availability steve the Steve Reed asking Steve Clifford. It's unfortunate for the storytelling that they both have the first name. He asked Steve Clifford, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve, Clifford. Steve R yeah. asked Steve C. Yep, that's correct. Hey, do you have any timetable? Do you know at all about Lamelo and when he would return?" And Steve, you know, leaned back in his chair. That's a classic Clifford mood, by the way. Leans back in his chair and is saying, "You know, look, I, it, I don't know. I mean, we get." He said, I get asked on the street all the time. Like people are stopping me to ask, when is LaMelo coming back? All right, hold on. When, Let's pause there. Let's pause yeah, there. Charlatans. <laughs> if Clifford's trying to get like a breakfast burrito, Man, maybe not. Let's not ask him then what Lamelo's status is. You're just not. It's yeah. not going to have a good time. Maybe, maybe. But he's I, got. I by the way, he's got enough to do. Have you seen this offense? Like this man correct. has enough to. He has to talk about me. It hurting my eyes. I mean, he's closer than anyone to what's going on here. It's his bleep on the line. Uh, you know, let's maybe leave him alone on the streets of Charlotte. Come on. So, yeah, and maybe not all the time, but he did say that he was stopped on the streets <laughs> ask, asking, uh, getting asked these questions. <laughs> and look, he's saying it, what he, he said something to the tune of it. And I, and I tweeted this out. So let me try to find this on my profile real quick. You know, so he said that they won't play tomorrow against the Heat. They're doing everything they can to return, saying they're staying at the gym at night you know, getting treatment. They're involved in practices, but they're not going through full basketball activities right now. And then he said the word, he said the word you can't say to Charlotte Hornets fans right now. He said, they're getting closer. And then he was asked, is it day to day? Is it week to week? And he said, I think it's fair to say that they're day to day. He looks at Mike Cristaldi, a part of the PR staff. And, you know, Mike's like, yeah, you know, and Steve said, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, day to day. So that's where we are. Doug, it's not a lot of information to go off of. And fans are pretty frustrated that LaMelo Ball is not back. And here the Charlotte Hornets are now having lost nine games, six in a row. And they're dead last at three and nine in the Eastern Conference standing still with LaMelo having not logged one second of this year. What do you make of this LaMelo Ball injury situation? Hornets fans are frustrated because because LaMelo Ball's not back. It's obvious that this team is drowning without him. It's obvious that he would help them in all of the areas that they are struggling with right now. Three-point shoot. I mean, it's all offense. It's three-point shooting. It's, you know, playmaking. All the things that they need right now. It would help the fact, you know, the fact that they keep having to go to James Booknight and, and Teo Maladon, who played well at the beginning of the season, but is struggling. I mean, he was passing up open looks. Like, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I can't again I can't deal with either of those cats for that many minutes and so you know he would solve so many of those issues they're frustrated that he's out and that we don't really have solid information as to why it's taking so long if there is great information about why it is or timetables or normal timetables we just we're just not getting that communicated I think effectively enough and but you know honestly I think you could put they're getting closer on a billboard on Brookshire because that's like 
that's that's the motto of this team this season. The injuries have been the biggest story. They're getting closer is like the only thing that people will say. And and I think it's frustrating. I think it's it's resulting in weird like conspiracy theories, both about the organization. Are they that's sneak true. tanking for Weebenyama? Is holding out these guys for extent like Cody Martin is having uh, the 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 uh, quad soreness that's kept him out this long as well. Like what's going on there? Um, we're seeing them on the sideline. We're seeing them shoot around. We're seeing them do things at practice. Uh, but but they don't. You know we don't really get solid updates. That's the problem. And there's other. You know and then people are saying like stuff like oh street closed the mellow. Like you're seeing that being replied in these tweets. And it's like. Why are they allowing these narratives to create themselves? Why is LaMelo, honestly, allowing those narratives to create themselves? I think these are all fair questions because we're not getting any information and it's frustrating. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. I think with with Steve Clifford saying that, you know, watch if if you watch this press conference, you know, I was there getting to see it. Do you think it. he knows? I, I think yeah, that's no, what that's, people that's, want to know. Like, was, do you think he legitimately knows what's going on with LaMelo's injury? That's what I was about to go to. I don't know. Like, uh, here's here's what I'll say. I, I I think Steve Clifford doesn't know when he's going to come back because Steve Clifford even told you he can only go by what his training staff tells him and even what LaMelo Ball tells him. So for Steve Clifford specifically, I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's withholding information that allows him to understand when he is going to come back. Maybe he's not being 100% truthful like any coach or anybody with an organization would be with somebody's medical history, injury at that point, whatever. But I genuinely believe Steve Clifford when, you know, he's got his palms up and he's because he's frustrated by the questions too. Like, we have to put ourselves in his shoes. You just said it watching this bleep as you put it on the floor. He doesn't want to watch this either. Like, he wants LaMelo Ball to be back and helping this basketball team. Steve Clifford wants LaMelo out there 100%. I don't think that he knows anything that he's holding away from us. And that begs the question, though, right? Like, let's just say Steve Clifford doesn't know when he's going to come back, that the training staff continues to tell him, hey, he's just not ready to give it a go today. Maybe he has to do this and that. Maybe that is the lack of clarity that we're, you know, frustrated about. What is this and that? What does he need to do? But I, why doesn't Steve Clifford know? I look. Some of that gets gets lost in the frustration here to me. Like when when people are really mad at Lamelo not returning and they want more information. I think that's fair. I I sometimes have a hard time dwindling down. What is the piece of information that we want? Do we want an update on the training regiment for Lamelo day by day? He went through this. He went through that. He's not available. He is. He had a setback. Maybe he didn't have a setback. You know, I'll, I'll leave it to you after that, you know, as we continue to talk about this. But yeah, the, the Steve Clifford part about all of this for sure is something fans are asking. This is not about, I don't think this is about timetables. I don't think people are frustrated because the, the, because Steve Clifford or the organization or LaMelo Ball won't come out and say, yeah, I'm going to be back because timetables are useless. It's really, it's really about the progress that you're making. Um, and, and I really don't want to hear about like timetables. I want to, I, I am curious as to where he is in the process of rehab. If there are milestones that he has to hit in order to, in order for the training staff to feel comfortable with him playing, you know, I think that's just any little bit of information that fans can, because they want to understand, like why, you know, what's what's a grade two ankle sprain, like what is that, what what's involved there that it, that would result in a player being out for almost five weeks, six weeks? Is that a normal timetable? Again. 
things that I think the team, if they were invested in keeping the fans updated and keeping hope alive, would communicate. I would. I just feel like, and again, I feel like a play. It's it's about a player of Lamelo's stature. If this were Cody Martin, yeah, I'm not as concerned about like what what the re. Although it is weird, but I'm not as concerned about that. Gordon Hayward, the the shoulder contusion. Honestly, I mean, I, I know as as somebody that pays close attention that Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin can help this basketball team in very specific ways. But we're talking about LaMelo Ball, the face of the franchise, the 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 person that, you know, Terry Rozier wants to give the keys to that and and is their only all-star. I just feel like if this were any other all-star on any other team, we would have had a lot closer attention being paid and more communication as to when he would return than we've gotten in this situation. And there's no national attention around the Charlotte Hornets because they're so they're they're playing miserably right now. They're getting national TV games taken away from them. And so nobody's talking about and LaMelo Ball's only made one all-star and he's only in his third season. So nobody's really talking about this. But if this were any, I think if this were any other all-star that there would just be a lot more attention surrounding it and and that's i think where a lot of the frustration is coming from i think the i think the initial mess up here is the fact that they did not give a timetable at the very beginning that i think it is a little about timetables because saying he would miss the start of the regular season well what does that mean i right. mean you, you I think, like the start could right. be 10 games it could be 20 games like the start what what, what when does the start end so if you look back at LaMelo Ball going down, he left that game against Washington in the preseason, and the report on him was that, you know, he left with an ankle sprain, you know, left the game in the third quarter and will not return to tonight's preseason game. That was tweeted out by Charlotte Hornets PR on October 10th. Okay, that is almost literally a month ago. Then the injury report against Philadelphia, LaMelo Ball was going to be out, right? So we're getting some more updates on October 11th. They tweet out that Steve Clifford says LaMelo Ball came into arena today for treatment, will not travel to Philadelphia for final preseason game. He will undergo imaging this afternoon, and more updates will be provided as available. The next one, 10-11, okay? The results of Hornets guard LaMelo Ball's MRI confirmed the initial diagnosis of a left ankle sprain. His return to full basketball activities will be determined by his response to rehab and treatment and further updates on his status will be provided as appropriate. I think Shams called it a grade two ankle sprain. That's something that we do know, even if it wasn't from the Hornets. I believe that's what Shams tweeted out at the time for The Athletic. If you look up the recovery for a grade two ankle sprain, if you want to get your internet internet PhDs, usually it's four to six weeks. We're pretty much in the four-week mark now. If they would have said right at the beginning, look, guys, this is the initial timetable. Like, this is what the expected timing is. Let, you know, hopefully it gets better. But right now, you know, we're, we're expecting four to six weeks, something in that range. If it was four to six weeks and they told us that initially, I think we'd be a lot more at ease. But because they used that wording, the start of the season, we were kind of left with some unclear news on the star that is for Charlotte Hornets and his injury. And I think that is what's causing all of this frustration. To miss 12 games certainly seems like we're getting a little bit deeper than just what is considered, quote, the start of the season. I think it's initially what they said after the injury, and that's what's causing all the frustration right now. 
Yeah, and I think they've mishandled. I think they've mishandled it. If I haven't been clear to this point, I think they've mishandled this, and um, I think it's coming out in fan frustration. I think it's coming out in fan participation, and uh, hopefully, he can get back uh, when when he is one hundred percent healthy, and they can turn it around. Because um, if they don't turn it around when he when he returns, you know, it's 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 going to be I think very very disappointing for fans. And and, and there's not a fr- and again, I, I also think this is rooted. And they're not being a firm understanding of what the goals are for this season. Uh, you know, you've you've got Cupcheck in interviews saying that they want to advance, that they want to do better than they did last season, where they won forty three games and got to a play in. But it just that that urgency, uh, that urgency doesn't feel like the urgency that you would expect a team to have if they were feeling that way. So, so I'll just say I'm closer and closer to being on the sneak tank uh, conspiracy, Wibinyama. Like I'm, I'm just closer and closer to getting on that bandwagon. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm jogging towards the bandwagon because it's moving kind of slow right now. It's the beginning of the season. I'm jogging closer and closer to it. Yeah. I'm not at a full sprint, but I'm jogging. <laughs> now let's let's explore your jog into conspira- uh, conspiracy land. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Let's talk more about Steve Clifford's comments and then maybe even explore some of the injury conversation a little more so, the ramifications of all of the losses and really the jarring placement for the Hornets that is dead last in the Eastern Conference. That's coming up next, Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So, Doug, you were talking about Victor Wembenyama. The name that people are going to be dropping like flies for and maybe even like Hornets, especially in this case, because Charlotte right now, where they are, they are in a prime position to possibly, I mean, be a top three lottery odds team. And right now you're looking at the Charlotte Hornets where they are, you know, in the Eastern Conference, everybody else is ahead of them. Lakers, Houston in the Western Conference, and, and they're tied with Sacramento at three and six, but Sacramento beat Charlotte. And then even some of the teams that you were discussing at the beginning of the season, possibly being in Victor land, San Antonio, they're five and seven, and Utah is 10 and three, which is absolutely bananas. That's insane to see Utah have a 6.1 point differential, and they're 10 and three on the season. Never saw that happening. It's absolutely crazy. But you know, I, I well, they traded for a list- good player. I mean, what wouldn't you know it? You trade for a Colin Sexton, you trade for like a good player who has the potential to be a top 25 talent. You know, that's what happens. Yeah, you trade a top, you trade a guaranteed top 25 talent. I understand that they traded two of them, but well, you I know, mean- but but at the same time, like they're making moves. Yeah, they did. They did something. Now they accidentally did the thing that they didn't really want to do. I don't they know did what something to do with in the offseason. I don't know what to do with that take, to be honest with you. I, I think you broke my brain. <laughs> they traded. <laughs> You're happy that they traded Donovan Mitchell for Colin Sexton. I but no, I, I get. Yes, they are. They are pushing buttons to do some stuff and they're just they're doing stuff, I guess. And we were asking the Hornets to do stuff. Are they yeah, going to when do, you stuff do stuff? You give yourself. No, here's the thing. Here's the take. When you do stuff. Sometimes, sometimes even when you're trying to do other stuff, when you mix it up, when you understand, hey, 
you know, Utah understood that our team is currently constructed is a not good enough to win an NBA championship is B is actively actually hurting our chances of even having true playoff success. So, Hey, we're going to do something. And they did something in the off season and now they're good. And the Hornets did nothing in the off season and now they're bad. That's the take. Um, yeah, the take will be, yeah, I, I hope for your sake that Utah is like a playoff team. <laughs> well, nobody's going to remember this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, yeah, you're right. Nobody is going to remember. But that is the question because you listen to the National NBA podcast and everybody predicts that, you know, because the more you watch Victor, it's not like his talent's going away. The more you watch him, the more enticed you are by the specialness, the generational talent stuff that he is. And so what teams are going to decide to go all in for the number one overall pick, whether you agree with it or not. The Charlotte Hornets, they are the perfect example to do this. They are the team to watch for. In fact, it is hilarious. Anybody you listen to, the most popular podcast, Bill Simmons, Zach Lowe, any of the most popular national NBA pods that you're listening to, right? They bring up Charlotte. Zach was in like not even flippantly, but just as he's thinking of the teams at the top of his head, he was saying, Yeah, all these teams are going to tank for Victor, you know, Charlotte, whatever. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is the team because they have a Terry Rozier they can trade, Gordon Hayward they could possibly trade. You can get some picks in return, you know, depending on how desperate a team is to try to contend. And then you just sell everybody. LaMelo hasn't played longer than some people have anticipated. Doug, like this is the team. And now at first we were fighting it because they got off to what was a happy start. Oh, we beat Golden State. You know, we're three and three. Lottie Dodd, this is fantastic. It was crazy. And then here we are, like six losses in a row later where we don't know when these players are going to come back. And and now this is what we were all discussing at the beginning of the season. Now it's reared its head. Well, the problem, and you you hit the nail on the head with the trade Terry and trade Gordon conversation, because the problem with viewing this particular team as it's currently constructed as a team that could actually be bad enough to compete for, and and, and honestly, Weibinyama is is miles ahead. Uh, of Scoot, but honestly, Scoot could really, I think, change Absolutely. a franchise too. So, you know, uh, I think it's honestly, it's like a 28 or 29% chance of getting somebody who can turn your franchise around, not just a 14% chance or whatever it is. For An overall pick. deep draft. Overall, like, yes. Yeah. Obviously, it would be devastating. It would to tank and to not get Scoot get or third. Victor. You, you would you would be frustrated. as you, you, yeah, you'd be, you'd get a great player. You'd be frustrated as hell if you didn't get Victor, and then you'd be real happy, and you, you would talk yourself into Scoot. You would be in the acceptance stage of grief, and then if you don't get any of those two, then the third one, I don't know if you ever get to the acceptance. You know, may, maybe you probably do, but it takes a lot longer. So the problem is that Clifford has actually come in here and got this team believing in defense. Uh, that that's and honestly, it's one of the more frustrating parts about this whole uh, <laughs> losing so streak is. is that they are actually playing really good defense. And it is, it's uh, like you can't, you you really can't deny that. Certainly, they've had a few players step up on the defensive end, like Jalen McDaniels, Nick Richards. I mean, you can you can name some players that have stepped up. DSJ obviously is like number one on yeah. that list, right? So they've added some pieces that they didn't have last season. 
But at the same time, you look at the defensive game plan for this game that they just got done playing, and it was to, when they were getting down, it was to pay a lot of attention to Damian Lillard, but it was also to double up top on uh, the Simon uh, the Simons pick and rolls, mm-hmm. and it worked. When P.J. was on the floor, it worked, because P.J., when, when Simons would feed it down in the middle to Eubanks, P.J. would come up and stop it. He gobbled up a, an alley-oop attempt, and he stopped a couple of those other attacks, too. So he's doing it without going to the junk zone that we saw Borrego go to, which is not... It's it's not sustainable, you know. Portland's making it work, but they've done it for a long time, and they've got a lot of the same pieces, and so they're making it work because they've stuck with it. But it typically doesn't work when you when you go to it for long periods of time. So Steve Clifford has got this team without going to those junk defenses, playing legitimately good defensive schemes, and executing on those, and yet it's the offense that is terrible. So when you do get some of these offensive pieces back and you add Cody Martin, who can help you on the defensive end, then this team is not going to be bad enough to compete with women. So they're going to have to actively make a decision that, Hey, at some point, you know, we've, we've got to make a decision here on whether what direction the season is going. The question is Walker, does this organization have the courage to make that decision or Will this? Will they sort of walk the line again and end up with the eleventh or twelfth pick, which would be an absolute disaster? Yeah, and and the real question too. I think it's a lot more fair now to ask when everybody is back how good this team can be. And, and I, I do think that they can but be. They're running out. The enough. problem is Walker. Yeah. They're running oh, out of yeah. time because well, you don't. Right. You, you could have made that argument. If you if you could have gotten everybody back sooner after six seven games, but now that you're putting yourself in this hole, they're going back out on the road to play Miami. I don't think they're going to come away with two wins there. You're digging yourself into a, such a hole that even if Lamelo comes back, even if Gordon comes back, and they reel off three or four, <laughs> it's a quote that I read on the last episode, Walker, when PJ PJ Washington said, "You know, sometimes in the NBA you lose ten games and then you win five. It's like PJ, you're below." You're five games below 500 if you do yeah. that. So it's like it's too, it might be too late. It might already be too late. But will this team have the will this organization have the courage to say, hey, this this whole experiment is not even worth having because of the opportunity that Scoot and Victor provide? Yeah, and and that's that's a you know the t- the time is is coming to slap Mitch Kupchak in the face like you know. now if they win four in a row I'll completely reverse and say it's time to you know really gear up for the playoffs and, I'm and that's why we love you and playoff tickets <laughs> but for now I'm saying you know have the courage mm-hmm. to make the decision sometimes you know <laughs> listen sometimes you come home and the dog that you've had for 11 years oh, just no. doesn't look like oh the same God. dog. Oh my God, no, 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 don't do that. You this. have to have the courage as a pet owner to do the right thing sometimes. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes oh. you got to make that call. You're a dog owner, you know. The, you it, understand. Yes, hence my face and reaction. <laughs> it's painful. It's painful, that, but you have to have the courage to say, hey, i got to do the right thing here for both of us. Um. You just put down the Hornets. That's what you just. I did. didn't. I didn't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not driving them to the vet. I'm just saying. Sometimes you we're have going to, have to the, the park, to Mitch. Don't worry, buddy. We're just going to the park. We're taking a nice stroll. It's not a big deal. Everything's fine. Thanks for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports. Check out Locked On NBA. It's your daily 30 minute update on everything taking place within the association. Have a great day. Go hug your dog and go throw the ball for him. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Ow.